Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you've chosen to be with us whenever it is that you found us online somewhere. And uh, we're gathered around God's words of life, light, and liberty this morning. And uh, we're here every Monday and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Time. You can find us here live on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas, Facebook page, and also the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. There you'll find everything we do here, Sunday morning service live and there for you later, as well as the Wednesday night service live and there for you later, uh, and as well the Monday and Friday sessions that we have here in the studio online uh, and later on Mondays and Fridays, we upload them to that YouTube channel, but you can watch them live on the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page, and uh, we're just always excited and thrilled to be gathered around the Bible, God's words, uh, so precious to us. We have nothing without them. We have absolutely nothing without the Word of God. We have no faith. We have no light. We have no liberty. And, you know, we may make the mistake as Christians many times of, of thinking that faith came and, and we were saved by grace through faith. But really, the Bible teaches that we are those who believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He has justified us and... We are just and the just live. That means we walk by faith. But that takes place only as the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And that means from hearing to hearing. So uh, the born-again experience is the greatest of all. Of all experiences, it is the greatest uh, because that's when our destination changed. We were changed more than we'll ever know in this life. And our our horizon became uh, a one of hope. And uh, I mean, I mean, the born again experience is the greatest experience ever. And really everything that happens to us uh, by the spirit of God in our lives after that is because of that which we believed when we first were saved. And we began right then, in that moment, in the Spirit, Galatians chapter 3 tells us. And, and uh, we're just, illumination of God's Word is being poured out upon His people in, in a measure like never before. Just as Daniel was told to shut up what he wrote uh, until the end of the times... Which we are, it's not, the end's not coming, my friend. The end is here. The end is here. It's, it's not time to start getting ready. It's time to be ready. And uh, I hope the church uh, is ready. I hope we, we're ready so that we won't have to be ashamed when we see him, but our hearts will be leaping with great joy when we see our Lord in the air and we're made just like him. My goodness, you, you, you got to understand that this, what I'm talking about, is about to happen. Many people believe it'll be this year. If not, then we believe it'll be the next year. I, we live that way. If it's not today, then it'll be tomorrow. But we, we do believe uh, that the Lord, His return for His bride 
is imminent. It is at hand. It is, it is time for him to come and get his children, uh, his bride, and I'm looking forward to that. But until then, we will be as Bereans in the Word of God. We will hear the Spirit of God, and we will walk with him in the light that he walks in. And we will be found having this one faith in the one object of the Lamb of God and allowing Him to guide us into all truth. And uh, hallelujah to the Lamb. We just, uh, we're so excited uh, just at, at any time to be sharing the Word of the Lord and, and hearing the Lord. and Because that is what we're doing if we are called by God, if we are God's ministers of righteousness. We are hearing and believing and speaking. That is what the Bible calls that spirit, the spirit of faith. We have believed, therefore we speak. That's written in the, in the Old Covenant, and, there, and it's also written in 2 Corinthians 4 and 13. And, and it tells there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 what it is we're believing and what it is we're speaking. Hallelujah. That. And the spirit of faith is that we have believed and we also speak. And the context in which that was written was that we are beholding and believing the Lamb of God, that the Spirit of God is always delivering us unto so that we can express the very life of Jesus even in these mortal bodies. And I'm thankful today to know these great truths. And I know our Lord is faithful enough to remind me even in this moment that there's more to come. There's more to come. Don't get hung up anywhere that you are because there's more to come. Hallelujah. Let's talk this morning here in 2 Peter chapter 1. And this is part 6 of this chapter. And uh, it's August the 14th here in 2023. I like to throw that in so you'll... If you find this, you'll know right when this was uh, this session took place. And, and if you'll get your pencil and paper out and jot a few things down, the Lord will, will surely bless you in this Bible study of great truth. Uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, I want us again, if we could, to look at verses 3 and 4. And these two different phrases concerning divine power... And divine nature. Uh, these are really two different things, but they can never be separated. The divine power of God, that means God's power, divine God, His power, divine power, is always going to be focused on and experienced through the divine nature, and that meaning the partaking of the divine nature. The child of God, upon hearing the gospel in a lost state that we were found, separated from God, couldn't, couldn't walk with God, couldn't love God, couldn't hear God, couldn't do anything concerning God until we heard the gospel and believed it, and then... When we were believing the gospel, the Lord called that obeying that form of doctrine in Romans chapter 6. We were obeying the gospel because the gospel is a command. It's God's holy commandment. Peter wrote about that in 1 Peter chapter 2, that the way of righteousness is 
God's holy commandment. And the moment that from our hearts we believed it, we accepted it for us, it became personal. We believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We literally, the truth of the matter is, we believed into Jesus because that's what the Bible teaches. We were, we were immersed into his death. We were baptized literally by the Spirit of God into the death of Jesus when the Lord saw our hearts believing unto righteousness. And we've come to learn that the righteousness of God is what led our Savior to the cross to save us through being a perfect, humble, and perfectly obedient man who wholeheartedly, without flaw, was depending upon, trusting in, committing his soul unto the one who judges righteously. That's what Peter also told us in 1 Peter chapter 2. And when this happened, when we believed upon him, or rather when we believed into him, we received the Spirit of God, and we were, my friends, partaking by that divine power of that divine nature. The divine nature is the nature of the Lamb. You need to understand that. I've never heard that in all my years, and it's probably just because I'm slow or I've missed where it was talked about. Maybe it's been talked about a lot, and I just didn't hear it. But I began to hear this just about a year ago or a little more maybe about the divine nature being that of the nature of the Lamb. And I know it's true because that's what we partook of the first time we believed, we ate of the lamb's flesh and drank of the lamb's blood. We partook of that divine nature, and it was because that was God's divine power being offered to all men. Romans chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, both of those verses speak of what Jesus did there in the shedding of his blood being the declaration of God's righteousness. And I like what my pastor friend and brother in Sydney, Ohio, Preston Nasal, said a couple of weeks ago. It just really uh, blessed me and it's because it's so real and it's so much where the church is today. He said, while all these preachers are running around declaring and decreeing this and that, God is still declaring his righteousness. God is still declaring his righteousness. And do you not know, have you not heard in the word of God that Second Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 through 9 tell us that new covenant ministry is twofold. It's the ministry of the spirit and the ministry of righteousness. If, if the Spirit of God is involved, He's involved in our lives, in our churches, where there's a deliberate and conscious, not we just assume everybody know the, knows this, but the preaching of the cross of Christ is taking place so that our faiths we can be aware of, deliberately and consciously maintaining, fighting to keep our faith in that one object, so that we can continue to partake 
of the, the divine power by partaking of the divine nature. There is no partaking of the divine power without partaking of the divine nature. And again, when we first believe the gospel, we begin to feast on the blood and the flesh, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as long as our faith remains there, but it's got to be a deliberate and a conscious faith, we can't just as a minister assume that the people know these things. These things are not known. Even those who've heard the talk of the teachings of Romans 6, my friend, most who heard it did not get it. And the ones, many of the ones who begin to partake of it are no longer partaking of it. And there's many reasons for that. Their own selves not desiring the very place where application takes place, where we begin to decrease and Christ literally becomes to increase through us facing that which the Holy Spirit delivers us to always, according to Second Corinthians 4.11, which is the death of Jesus. We're not willing, many times we, me, I am not willing to face death to self. I'm not willing for self to be eliminated so Christ can be illuminated in and through me. And as long as I'm not willing to face that death, deal with that death by faith, the death of Jesus for me, and my death with him, then there's not going to be an illumination of Christ in and through my life. That's what the Bible teaches, and I'm just going to stick with that. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit more today about this divine power and divine nature because they are inseparable. And the Bible teaches that it's by, by these great and precious promises in verse 4 that, that we might be partakers of the divine nature. And it tells, it tells what this divine nature through the divine power did for us initially. It allowed us to escape the corruption that's in the world through the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is the cause for all corruption, all destruction, all devastation, really all evil. Everything that is not of faith is because the lust of the flesh. There's only two ways we can go as Christians, and that's either the lust of the flesh being driven by our flesh, being driven by the sin nature because we're not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ deliberately and consciously right here in the forefront of our minds. Hallelujah. But if we're trusting in the sacrifice of Christ, I'm not talking about I'm saying that I am. I'm talking about this is where I'm learning to place my faith and depend moment by moment. It's where I'm learning that the good fight of faith can't take place unless I know where my faith has to be. I'm not fighting the good fight of faith to keep my faith in some fad men brought into the church. And I'm not, you know, we some fad comes in the church and we say, well, 
I'm not doing too good. I'm not keeping the faith. Well, you're not keeping the faith. Your faith is not to be kept in anything other than the place it was first found in. And let me say it again this morning, folks. This that we've learned over the last 25 or so years for some, 18 or so for me, uh, most of those who've heard this have not chosen to go this way, and many who have, have have fallen away from it and drifted right back into what they came out of. And, and it happens. It's happened throughout the church age. So what is there that's missing? What is there that's missing that when we come into this great truth and then 5, 10, 15, 25, 30 years later, we find ourselves making excuses as to why we're drifting back into what God brought us out of, there's only one excuse. There's only one reason. There's not many. There's not many. We might say, well, the lust of the flesh was for this, it was for that, and I get that. There's, it's always because the lust of the flesh. But the reason the lust of the flesh is allowed to <coughs> come back and have the preeminence and the driving force in our lives is because we refused, we chose, we chose to stop being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. And my friend, that's the only place that you and I are going to experience more of the great revelation of Christ that we received in the beginning that our God says that is what he's going to use to build his church, to grow his church, to keep his church. That and that alone, not all these other things and, and all these other voices that are allowed to come in and speak contradictory things. And we're, listen, God is looking for a people that will not allow those things to creep in. That's why we're given the New Testament writings that we're given, that we must stand against, that we must use Scripture to rebuke and to reprove and to instruct. All, the Scripture is for all those things as we recently spoke on. But Paul told Timothy that all those things can't happen outside of the place of being in righteousness, God's Word in righteousness. Now, I don't want to get into that. If you missed the scarlet thread last Saturday night, you need to go back and listen to that great teaching that took place Saturday night on the Scarlet Thread. You can find that on Facebook or Andrew Hutchinson's uh, Facebook page. And I shared it on my Pastor Curtis page. But uh, we, we, the message of the cross is, is, is what brought us into salvation. And it's the only thing that give us, gives us the focus that we need to move on into further revelation or illumination of God's Word. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is, is here to guide us into all truth. But those all, truth is not taking place unless our faith is in Christ and Him crucified. It's not taking place 
outside of that. That's the avenue through which we learn or we are not learning. Jesus taught that in Luke 14, 26 and 27 when he said, if you don't bear your cross, that means if your faith is not in what I did at Calvary, because that's the only thing that gives us a cross, then you cannot be my disciple. The word means learner. There is no learning when redemption is not the focus. As a matter of fact, it's not even truth in its unperverted state if we're not seeing righteousness when it's proclaimed. Proverbs 12 and 17 tells us that. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. If you're hearing truth, you're seeing righteousness. But remember, righteousness is only declared from the cross, from the work of righteousness that was carried out by Christ in his death on the cross. If, 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 that, if the redemption story is not touching when we teach on tongues or the filling of the Holy Spirit or forgiveness or uh, faithfulness or marriage, it doesn't matter what we bring to the table. If we are being led by the Spirit under New Covenant ministry, the result will be righteousness. Again, 2 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, reveal the two aspects and the two focuses of ministry under the new covenant. It's the, it, is, it will always be of the Spirit and of righteousness. So that true biblical faith is always, get this now, the righteousness of faith. Because we're hearing truth that shows us the righteousness of Christ, which means points us to His work and what He accomplished so our faith can rest there and we can fight the good fight to maintain it there and the fruit can be that of His work, that work, that work alone that our God is working in us both to will and to do of that which pleases Him. So then that which we work out will be that of our own salvation that He provided at Calvary. Hallelujah. So watch this. Let's read verses 3 and 4 today and watch how these things flow together, that there can be no divine power without the divine nature, and there will be no divine nature impartation or partaking of the divine nature without our faith being in the divine power that God says is the preaching of the cross, is foolishness to those who are perishing. Do you know the church can be in a perishing Place. Not, not like the church is on its way to hell, but Paul said that he was alive once without the law. That means his born-again experience. He was alive in Christ when he believed upon Christ. But he said when the commandment came, sin, the sin nature revived and he died. That means he was in a, a perishing place now, an unfruitful place, a place where he could bear no fruit. He had literally Fallen from grace. Not fallen from having been saved by grace, but he had fallen from grace. And grace is the only place there's any fruit bearing of the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of grace. Hebrews 10 and 29. There is no fruit bearing if it is not of the Spirit. And the Spirit cannot bring forth fruit in and through our lives if our faith is not consciously and deliberately 
in the death of Jesus. How do I know that's true? Because the Bible says that's what the Holy Spirit is delivering us unto. And the in 2 Corinthians 4.11 and Hebrews 2 and 9 says, But we see Jesus. Where do we see him? We see him made a little lower than the angels. In Hebrews 2 and 9 there says, For the... For the suffering of death. That's where we see him. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, But we see Jesus. And it says, Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus. Yeah, who endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Amen. He, the Bible says there he is the author and finisher of our faith. When you're looking unto Jesus, that means you're looking unto not a bloody, gory mess hanging on the cross, but you're looking unto what the Holy Spirit is delivering you unto. Your place in this world is not being of this world or in this Our place is in Christ, and that entrance was through our faith in His death. And our participation while in this world, although we're not of it, but our participation with God as co-laborers with Him, is it remains to be through our faith in His death. As we behold that glorious image of our Savior in perfect humility and obedience, committing Himself to the One who judges righteously, laying His life down unto death... In that state, that's what God saw. That's what our God is delivering us unto. But we cannot partake of the fruit of it unless our faith is there, unless we're in agreement of what we've been delivered to and are being always delivered unto. Amen. That is where we partake of the divine nature to be able to experience the divine power. There is no experience of the divine power of God unless we're partaking of the divine nature. You know, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the first time that we tasted, we saw. Remember what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. You can't enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again. And we know that we're born again by our faith in the death of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And God calls that what Jesus was doing. He tasted death, Hebrews 2 and 9. He tasted death. By the grace of God for all men. So that when we believe upon him or we believe into him, it is through the way God sees it. He sees us tasting of that death, eating the flesh, drinking the blood of Jesus. And the moment that we believed in what he did in his flesh to deliver us from our flesh our sins in the flesh, the lust of the world, and deliver us from that place, we saw 
Oh, taste and see. And the reason we have to, listen, the only way you and I can keep seeing properly is if we keep partaking, if we keep tasting of that very first meal we tasted of. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I hope you're writing these things down to look later for your own self. But he tells the church in Corinth again in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, that many are weak, sickly, and dying prematurely in the church, God's people, because they're not discerning the Lord's body. That means they're not discerning. I believe it's twofold. I believe it's first and, and foremost has to be this in this order that, that, that we can find ourselves in a place where we're not discerning Christ and what he did in his body on the tree. If that ever gets put on the back burner, if that's, if that's listen, if that ever, ever becomes not the focus of every message, not the focus of every moment. If that ever becomes put behind us and anything else before us, then there's no avenue of partaking of what we are putting before us because everything is behind us except the cross. And through the Lamb, we partake of Him, not just because of our initial partaking, but because of our right now faith is the substance. Hallelujah. Our partaking now gives us fresh and continued sight. But Paul told the church there in Corinth that there are many who weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning Christ and what he accomplished in his death. And how we prove, how we prove that we're not discerning his body properly is by still allowing these fads and these men to creep into the church who come in and using God's word in an unrighteous context tell us that we can do something to be saved or do something to deliver ourselves. And it makes no difference if it's even the things that we are to be doing according to the Word of God. Our doing cannot save us or deliver us, even praise and worship. If you're ever being told that you can dance your way into victory, that, that you're, you, you can dance the chains off, my friend, you're being lied to. You're being lied to. And, and you're, being, you're being offered another way. It doesn't matter what you feel about that person. It doesn't matter. And for us to sit around and make excuses for those things and a thousand other avenues that, that the lie comes in to move us away from the place of partaking of the nature of the divine nature through the divine power, we, we will be carried off. And the longer we tolerate it, the more we'll be pulled into it. A few weeks ago, the Lord spoke to my heart. And I know he was just showing me something very powerful for me. And he told me, a little leaven will, will leaven the whole lump. There is no escape. There is no escape. If I am in what's being allowed to be leavened, I will be leavened. If I do not believe that I will be, then I do not believe God. Then I'm trusting in God through my own flesh. 
what I'll be able to do, I can handle this. I'll just keep doing this. No, the Lord impressed upon my heart, that's why we have to be so careful, a little leaven will leaven the entire lump. Why do you think all these cross-preaching churches are being raised up all over the world? Because the Lord got us up and out from what we claimed we believe, but yet we were preaching this to show that we believed the way of the cross for salvation, but we were not partaking of that for deliverance, for growth. And we put other things out there. And my friend, you need to hear this old preacher. According to my Bible, there is no partaking of the divine power except through the divine nature. And there's no partaking of the divine nature except by the divine power. Because the divine nature of God among men, and really, it's who He is. From, from everlasting to everlasting, His nature, at least as it pertains to His dealing with men, is that of the Lamb in this age. Why do you think Jesus will forever hold the marks on His body while you and I will have no marks on our body? Because what He did as the Lamb it's what will give him the right to roar as the line of the tribe of Judah throughout the ages. You need to hear that again. What he did as a humble and obedient Savior, Lamb, on that cross, committing himself to the one who judges righteously, what he did on that cross, the stripes he bore, the wounds he bore, the bruises he bore for us, that we will see to some degree throughout all eternity is the authorization, the power that gave him the name he has and the authority that he will have throughout all eternity. It's the very way that God has provided us to know Him, to be with Him throughout all eternity. It's the nature of the Lamb. The nature of God among men is the Lamb nature. Hallelujah. That's what God is looking for in all of us, the nature of His Lamb. That's why He delivers us always unto death, so that we might express the nature of, of His Son, which is the nature of the Lamb of God. Glory be to God. This is good news. So let's read verses 3 and 4. According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these exceeding great and precious promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, the very person of God, the, the, the person of Christ, the person of Christ as the Lamb. And it, then he explains 
what the divine nature has done, the avenue through which He works as the Lamb even today in our lives is because we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Get this now. The partaking of the divine power is our faith in the cross of Christ, the cross of the Lamb. And while our faith is maintained there, not in some blanket statement that, well, of course we believe in the cross, but there's so much more. My friend, there is not more to God than who He became to do what He did on Calvary's cross. In that truth, the Bible says, through that power and the partaking of that nature through our faith in what He did there, we've been given not some things, and now some things will come some other way. No, he says, according as his divine power, that's Christ as the Lamb crucified, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And that's twofold. He's called us to that glorious image that he beheld on the cross. And he's also called us <coughs> to glory, to go from glory to glory. But we can't do that unless we're beholding that glorious image. Isn't that what Second Corinthians 3 and 18 tell us? That as we behold that glorious image, as in a mirror, a glass, a reflection... We're changed into that same glorious image. What image is that? It's the image of the Lamb slain, the image of Christ crucified, the image of becoming dead with Him, but alive to God. Dead no longer in sin, but now dead to sin, to the sin nature, and alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This doesn't get old, my friend. When this gets old, that means the lust of the flesh is at work. When we're no longer striving to carry Romans chapter 6 to everybody and, and we've, we've, we've just begin to assume that everybody knows this and everybody's got this, let me say to you, that's the lust of the flesh attempting to get us to put the cross down because self wants to glory for a little bit. Self wants to glory for a little bit, but God won't have it for a second. He won't allow it for a second. Self can't glory in the presence of God. Yet that's, that's why we have these people that we allow to come in because we want to glory in them and them glory in us. But, oh, my friend, when we lay the cross down, that's all we can do is glory in some man or some ministry or some this or some that. But Jesus, get this, in Luke chapter 9, and I posted this on my Pastor Curtis' Facebook page moments ago before the broadcast, and Andrew has been studying the book of Luke, and he was sharing with me and us before the scarlet thread the other night how in Luke chapter 9, Jesus comes down the mountain and a demon-possessed man that his disciples couldn't cast the devil out of, 
Jesus cast the devil out of the man. And 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 ever and the Bible says while everybody's marveling about that, Jesus said, "Let these words sink deep in your heart." Let's look over at that this morning. That is just so thrilling. Luke chapter nine. Let me see if I can find it. I think it's verse fifty-one or thereabouts. Uh, let's see this. Or maybe it's earlier than that. Uh, and, and you know he comes down the mountain uh, when uh, after his face had become changed and and uh, here it is right here and uh, Jesus said in verse 42 and as he was yet a coming uh, the devil threw this demon-possessed man down and tore him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. And they were all amazed. Watch very carefully the determination of your Savior. And they were all amazed at the power of God. But while they wondered, everyone in all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples... Let these sayings sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Think about this now. While they're marveling at what Jesus did, casting that devil out, he says, let these sayings sink down in your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Uh, we we need to understand we need to understand uh, these things. We need to understand that the focus and determination of Jesus went far beyond the miracles he was performing. He was performing these powerful miracles as he said, "I never do anything unless I see my Father doing it. I never say a word unless I hear my Father saying it." And although. He was working mighty miracles. His focus, his determination was to get to Calvary. Do you hear that? Do you see that? There are people now who, uh, through the lust of their flesh, are making fun and accusations against a group of ministers that are really here and there all over the world who are becoming, uh, with this godly determination, to keep their faith in nothing but the Lamb, but they're uh, throwing accusations. And anybody who's making fun or, 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 or accusing people uh, wrongly who are determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, know this, my friends, they would be in the same group of people who did that to Paul in his day. He's just determined. He's just self-determined. He's not appointed of God. They've turned this determined to know nothing else into this and into that. My friend, it's, it's, it's those. If, if you listen to them, you'll find that the determination to know nothing other than this great truth of Christ crucified is missing while they're working on words that will draw attention to themselves and try to take it away from God's ministers of righteousness. And let me say this. 
God's ministers of righteousness are determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified. I can't help it that we're living in the greatest time of the greatest seduction taking place in the church than ever before. The greatest falling away is not coming A greater falling away is coming, but it's happening now day by day. A greater seduction by teachings of devils that are pointing men away from what the Holy Spirit is pointing them to. And you're going to have to learn to remain determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified if you're going to... If you're going to remain in this faith and not be seduced and led away through the lust of your own flesh. When we find ourselves making excuses as to why we don't have to touch redemption at all times, we're saying that we don't have to touch what the Holy Spirit is pointing us to at all times. And the lust of the flesh is so deceitful and so deceiving that if we're not careful, and we've already all experienced it before, and that, my friends, once being found there by God and brought out of there, is what helps in having a greater determination to know nothing other than what it is that saved us, hallelujah, and what keeps us. Amen. So uh, you got to be very careful of what you're hearing, who you're listening to, because today men can be talking about the cross and seducing you at the same time by allowing other things to come in with their wording of the word cross. Uh, you have to be very careful. You have to be very, very careful. And I've said it recently, seduction is so powerful that men can seduce us even while talking about the cross. They can seduce us by talking about the cross. They can point to other things while, while talking about the cross. And you've got to be very careful, very, very careful of, of who you follow, what it is you're hearing. Because the way we started and what we heard in the beginning, the hearing of faith, It's what we must continue if we continue to be led by the Spirit is through the hearing of faith, that being the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. Hallelujah. This is the greatest move of God right now. I can assure you that's ever taken place in church history. It's happening right now. Right, not, but not the early church. That was the birth of the early church and the the, the initial uh, 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 birth spurts, if you will, the growing spurts, the growing pains initially of the, 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 the freshly born church in, in the early church. But we are in the latter reign and God has been and He is pouring out of His Spirit of truth, hallelujah, in these last days. And those that He's allowed to bring back to a focus of the Lamb. The focus of the sacrifice are those who are learning. We're learning to be determined to know absolutely nothing other. I said we're learning. I didn't say there's any perfected place here of of knowing nothing. We still at times allow the lust of our own flesh to get us to look away. And it's when we do that we find ourselves in trouble. 
It's, you'll have to admit that if we're promised by our faithful Lord that while we are walking in the Spirit, the lust of the flesh will not be fulfilled. Well, you, if you're an honest person, you'll admit that sometimes the lust of the flesh is fulfilled in acts of sin. And the Bible says that would not happen if we were walking in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit is not about what we do, but where our faith is, faith in the sacrifice of Christ. So we have to admit that our faith is not always there where we would like it to be. And we know that. And no one's ever done this perfectly except our perfect Savior. But, and there here comes the good but, and not making excuses, but just the reality is because we're not always applying faith to the sacrifice of Christ, and we prove it by our actions and sometimes where our thoughts carry us because we didn't capture them and take them to the cross of Christ, but they captured us and took us into something we knew we shouldn't be in and we shouldn't be partaking of. Listen, but... If the promise is that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh while we're walking in the Spirit, then we have, we have to admit we're not always walking in the Spirit, but we can be found striving together for the faith of the gospel. The power of the gospel is, is found through the faith of the gospel. And the faith of the gospel is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. We're always brought back to that. Is that not what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul brought Peter back to a focus of so that he could once again return to fellowship with the old uh, chicken-leg-eating Gentiles who wasn't bound by any law any longer, wasn't bound by any laws. And when those from the... Listen very carefully. When those from the church in Jerusalem showed up, the reason Paul reminded Peter that, that it wasn't the works of the law that saved us but the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that justified us. Listen, why did Paul have to tell Peter that in his big sinking boat of hypocrisy that he stepped in is because that is what those men were bringing. Something you have to do. Law is anything you have to do. Grace is what you get to believe to find yourself in freedom and liberty. Paul preached the message to Peter and Barnabas and those who were there face to face, the Bible says to Peter in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16 mainly, but really the whole chapter there. And the message was, don't you know that we're not justified by the works of the law? But was Peter not justified already? Yes, he was. But the fruit of what he was doing was not justified by God. Because he moved himself from the faith of the Son of God and what he did by the grace of God, he moved. He was moved from that place of liberty and freedom through fear that gripped his heart in those men and reverence for those men and a false honor for those men who did not believe what he believed. 
And I'm sure those men would have been allowed to come in and learn of Paul and Peter, but they weren't coming to learn of Paul and Peter. They were coming to bring their teaching of law. And law is not just of the Jews and the law of Moses. Law is anything I am being told that I can do to save me or deliver me. And again, I don't care if it's the things that we're called, that we're told that are good things, the good works of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't do anything even good to save ourselves or to deliver ourselves or to mature ourselves. That takes the Holy Spirit. And that requires our faith be in what initially allowed him to move in and to begin a work in us, which was faith in the sacrifice of Christ. This is why the preaching of the cross must go on. When there's a wavering and a, and, 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 and a, and a an allowance of mixture, God will raise up men and women elsewhere that will not allow the mixture. And he will raise them up to be heard by those who are looking for truth, looking for his liberty, his freedom, looking for the truth, and he will show them. And he, God will never allow a voice to come in and bring mixture that there might be confusion and contradiction. God will never allow that. Because his desire is that we have this unbreakable, uninterruptible communion with him. And that only happens when our faith is in the blood. And that doesn't happen in the subconscious of our minds. I, don't listen to anybody that tells you it does. If you believe that, then you'll fall, you'll fall for those, all that heresy, all that uh, seduction of, of being slain in the Spirit. How God has to sometimes knock you out to do a work on you. No, God only does what He does in you and through you by grace through, your, through faith. Faith is your part. Believing is your part. It, God doesn't work on you and save you or, or work on you and grow you or deliver you outside of your faith in what His Son did by the grace of God on Calvary's cross. It does not happen. You might not be able to explain it theologically, but make no mistake about it, your faith has to be there. Your faith has to be in the death of Jesus. Your view has to be the death of Jesus. How do I know this? Because the Holy Spirit, that's all He's pointing you to. That's all He's pointing you to. If He can get your view on the slain lamb and what God saw at Calvary, He can teach you about all these other things that we're trying to separate from the cross. He can teach you on the patience that you need that you're not going to have unless you're beholding the lamb. He can teach you on love that you're not going to experience, but you will wax cold from the love of God if you're not beholding the Lamb. He's going to teach you on forgiveness, and you're commanded, we're commanded to forgive others of the trespasses they've committed against us from our hearts, but that won't happen unless you're beholding the Lamb, unless I am partaking of the nature of the Lamb, which is through my faith in the divine power of God, that being the cross of the Lamb, my friend, it's not going to work for me. 
I'm going to be sad and miserable and confused and, and I'm going to be living a life of contradiction. I'm going to get up and portray myself one way, but behind the scenes, I'm going to be miserable. My family's not going to be like what it should be. And then the liars are going to tell me, well, nobody's perfect. Well, we already know that. Not even any Christian is perfect. But listen. The Bible truths that are here for us under the new covenant tell us that our faith is our victory. Yeah, yeah I understand we're not going to be perfect. And I also understand that sometimes the, the problems don't go away immediately. The issues don't go away immediately. But if we're beholding the Lamb, those issues that have looked so great and, and dominating, the, even the, they might not leave immediately, my friend, but hear me, they look small now. They look small in light of the view of the Lamb. Glory be to God. When you're looking at anything and everything through the Lamb, anything you're dealing with has a new look to it. It has another look other than dominating and chain binding. When you're looking at and through the Lamb, the chains begin to fall off of you. Hallelujah. I'm speaking from experience. I want to tell you today that chains are still falling off of me. Oh, chains are still falling off of me. I've not arrived in a place where I absolutely have no chains that I ever hear clinging, that I'm I'm dragging along. We all got chains. But the good news is, the greatest news of all is, when you're beholding that glorious image that you're being changed into, and that's where your faith remains, then the Holy Spirit can show you everything and teach you everything and bring you into the experience of everything that you will ever need that brings forth God's will for your life. And again, while you're beholding the Lamb, you're seeing, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, that you get to watch as in a reflection the chain-breaking power of your God. You get to watch you literally being transformed into that glorious image that God saved you through and brought you into the experience of. You get to watch chains fall. You get to watch you becoming more like the one that saved you. I said it's a glorious image that has a reflection. The cross of Christ is the mirror that you get to look into. Your Savior and what He did for you. Where where you were placed into Him there. And you get to watch only as you are partaking of that divine uh, nature. The nature of the Lamb through your deliberate and conscious faith in the divine power of God, the place, the only place that you were given all things that pertain unto who Christ is because He is our life. He is our godliness. Hallelujah. This is why you'll always find the joy of the Lord in the sharing of this divine power that offers God's divine nature to you and the partaking of it. Hallelujah. Oh, that you will not only have escaped, but you will remain in a place where you are continually 
showing the dust behind you of your having been escaped from the corruption that's in the world through lust. Oh, it's a good thing. It's the best thing for us to not still be found in chains of corruption through our own lust. We can't blame anybody else. We can't even blame the false prophets and the liars. God's going to take care of them. You just leave that to Him. God is going to take care of them and deal with them. He's going to deal with all of us. He's going to deal with us for allowing mixture to come in. But that's going, that's going to take place at the judgment seat of Christ. My friend, let me encourage you. You just stay the track. And no matter what the cost, no matter what the cost is that produces the loss in your life, you're going to find a greater gain the more you lose the things of this world. We sit around sometimes and just try to figure out how how I could escape. How I know this is not right, but if I did this or if I did that, it would bring so much harm to others. My friend, we need to stop playing God and just play our part, carry out our role as the believer. Let God be God. And if our faith, our exclusive faith in the sacrifice, whatever the consequences are, those are the consequences. God has brought us into. And He will work all those things there for our own good. So quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to put the pieces together. You're not the puzzle builder. Just keep your faith placed in the sacrifice of Christ and you will find the consequences they be of God and His will will be carried out in your life. My goodness, I'm excited this morning to be sharing the great truths of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with you. I encourage you, don't follow any man that's not following Christ. And my friend, they're not following Him without this message. They're not following Him unless they're taking up their cross and denying self and following Him. You can recognize, according to the Scriptures, who it is that's following Christ. And remember, you can be deceived by those who are talking about the cross. Deception. You can be deceived and seduced by even us who are talking about the cross if we're throwing mixture in the pot. Mixture brings confusion, and confusion produces lives of contradiction. That's not the will of God. I encourage you, allow the Lord to plant you in the body where it pleases you. Sometimes that's going to require you to be plucked up and plucked out and replanted God may have even planted you where you are, where you've been. But because things are going the way they are, He's already told you long ago to get up and get out. But our reasoning came in and has caused many problems. Today is the day of our salvation. Glory be to God. God bless you. Again, it's been a great session. You can find us every Monday and Thursday morning here on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page live 
And later, everything we do is uploaded to the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. Don't forget about Determined Camp Meeting this October the 5th through the 8th. You will be blessed. To say that is an understatement. You will be superbly blessed as you gather around the focus of the Lamb where the ministers are determined not to know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You will be blessed. Get your hotels reserved. Get ready. It's a great time. Until then, just stay in the revival God has begun through the preaching of the cross. Hallelujah. He loves you. So do I. If He stirs your heart to give an offering to Him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. So into the working of God's hands. God bless you. Again, I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.